Welcome to Chicago Tabernacle, a place of becoming. Wherever you find yourself, we pray that you would be encouraged today by God's Word. Please join us now as we hear a message from Pastor Toledo. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Praise the Lord. Hello, everyone. God bless you. Hasn't it been wonderful just seeking the Lord? You know, when I um, pray for you on the Lord's Day and we start our worship services, I just envision you reaching out to God and having a visitation of the presence of God because the Bible says that he inhabits the praises of his people. So uh, my prayer, my expectation is that already your home has been filled with his goodness and his glorious presence. And we're going to prepare to take an offering right now. I wanna encourage you to make this moment just as spiritual, just as special. God sees every time we give. He takes note of it, he marks it, we will be rewarded. And the Bible says, give and it shall be given. And so at this very moment, I perhaps you could think of a, a story in the Bible like the little boy who gave up his lunch, just fish, a few loaves, and God took that and he blessed it and he broke it and he used it to bless so many people. That's what God can do with our offerings when we give them to him. And I'm telling you right now, we can never, ever, ever outgive God. He's so faithful. He is the source of all of our provision. Every good and perfect gift comes from above, from the Father of heavenly light. So come on, let's prepare our hearts to give. And you know, um, we are so excited. Get ready. We're going to be communicating with you very soon about our opening day. And I can't wait for the day that we open and that we could start gathering together. But right now, it's a group of us. This is kind of, we're in a, in a kind of homemade studio. And we've been doing this for so many weeks now. And can I tell you, there is an amazing team that works behind the scenes to, to serve you and to bless you. I wish I could bring them all up, but you know what I'm gonna do? I'm gonna ask one of our lead kind of producers, June, to come and, uh, and, and ask him to, to bless this offering. And as you see him, just give the Lord a shout of thanksgiving for all of those that are still serving in the kingdom of God. And then we're gonna pray together. So let me grab this mic here. Quick shout out for June and the whole team. Come on, brother. Ask the Lord's blessing upon the offering. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. Yes. Thank you, Lord. Father, we know that you are good, oh God. We know that you are our provider, Lord Jesus. Yes, Lord. And Father, we look to you, Father God, as our provider, Lord God, we look to you, Lord God, to provide all of our needs, oh God, all of our financial needs, oh God, all of our spiritual needs, oh God. Father, we know that during this these season, Lord God, a lot of people are struggling, Lord God. We know that you are the one that we can look to, Lord yes. God. You are our Father in heaven, Lord God. Hallelujah. And we know, Lord God, that you bless the gift and the giver, Lord Jesus. Yes, Lord. So thank you, Lord God, that we can always count on you. 
that we can depend on you, Lord God, for you are faithful, Lord Jesus. Father, we look to you for, for all that we are, Lord God. Thank you, Lord God, that you are so dependable, God Jesus. And Father, we ask, Lord God, even for those that that may not be able to give, Lord God, that you would still bless them, Reach Lord out. Jesus. Yes, Lord. Father, we honor you, Father God, with bless everything that we have, O oh Jesus. So we honor you and we bless you, Lord God. Be glorified in our gifts, O oh God. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Father God, that we can always depend on you. In the mighty, precious name of Jesus, we pray. Amen. 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 Praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. All right. So let's, let's open the Word of God. Today is the last message of the Are You Ready series. And this is now the seventh pillar of readiness. I want to encourage you to revisit on our app the notes to the sermons. Refresh yourself. God wants us to be ready in this season. Today's pillar of readiness in a way, impacts all of the other ones because today we're going to be speaking directly to the Christian's power source. What is your source of power? 1 Corinthians chapter 4. I love this verse. 1 Corinthians chapter 4.20 says this, For the kingdom of God is not a matter of talk, but of power. The kingdom of God is not about talk, it's about power. It's about us getting divine energy from God to really live out this amazing Christian life. This verse is talking about the difference between kingdom spirit power versus earthly human power. We as believers need kingdom spirit power. Somebody say amen to that. And you know what? We can't live this life in our own strength. We can't uh, do what we need to do for the glory of God with our own wisdom, our own energy, uh, ingenuity. It just doesn't work. We need power to live for Jesus. And there's a big difference between um, training, between insight, and actually living the Christian life out. I'll never forget being in in, uh, in Bible school. And um, I watched this a couple of times and I even had a unique experience with a teacher. So there were moments when guys were in Bible school and they were graduating and then they were offered these really tough assignments and they would say, well, who, me? You, you want me to do that? You want me to move my family? You want me to, to, to take that kind of step of faith? That's right, that's what we train for, guys. When, when, we, when we were about to leave the school, this is like when Chrissy and I first got married and we just got into the ministry together, we actually wanted to plant the Boston Tabernacle. And we chose a specific neighborhood and it was not a very good one. And one of my teachers pulled me aside and said to me, are you crazy? You're gonna take your family into that neighborhood don't you realize how dangerous that is? And I'm thinking to myself, wait a second. Why do we get in this game? We got the power of God to help us. Does somebody know that we have the power of Jesus Christ available to us? We need to say amen to that. Right in your house, just shout amen. So this is a big, big deal 
in days like these because we need to understand that there is this amazing supernatural power source available to all of us. Christians have three different sources of power available to them every single day. Let me, let me show you this. We can all relate to this because of the, the technology-driven device uh, uh, driven world that we live in. Christians have three sources of power. The first source is very natural. It's the food and drink source, okay? And we have to feed our natural body. Sometimes someone doesn't feel well and they, they, they just, they, they don't feel right and there's nothing really wrong. They're just malnourished or dehydrated. Their absence they're absent of the fuel that they need. You are what you eat is a really true statement. And so the body fills up with food and drink, naturally speaking, for uh, a fuel and for energy. But there are two other sources of power. Please listen carefully to this. Then there's the flesh. Now, this is a, a, a natural label with spiritual significance. Because when we say the flesh, even though the natural body has flesh, we're not talking about the natural flesh. The Bible describes the flesh in the Greek sarks. The Bible describes the flesh as the lower nature, the carnal appetite, the sinful side of who we are. That which, which always bends towards sin. Carnal appetites, carnal impulses. And believe it or not, even as a Christian, you can fill up your flesh. You can, you can look into worldly sources and you can fill yourself with the things of the world and it can set your flesh on fire. Even though you're a Christian. Corinthians talks about this. Paul said to the Corinthians, are you not carnal? Are you a Christian? Yes. Are you a carnal Christian? A fleshly Christian? Yes. If this is green and this is down yellow and wherever this lies, if this is all green and this is down yellow, well, guess what? You find yourself a child of God, but you're walking and living in the flesh. And we have to pay attention to this. Because we're supposed to be powered and energized by the Spirit. The reason that this message is so important is because God has a very specific plan and purpose for your life and for mine. For days just like these, there is a very important mission and we can't do it if we're in the flesh. No matter how smart we are, no matter how educated we are, no matter how we feel, no matter how equipped we feel like we are with arguments, the flesh will not accomplish kingdom purposes. And by the way, brothers and sisters, we all know, we all can get in the flesh from time to time, right? You talk to someone, someone says something to you, someone cuts you off, and all of a sudden flesh comes out. You see, the goal here is to do well on this side and to starve the flesh and then to tap in to the Holy Spirit. Jesus said, it's good that I go because I'm going to send the Spirit. You see, 
And we can be full of the Holy Spirit through the word, through prayer, through the fellowship, through the body of Christ, through the breaking of bread together. And this is what we need to be tapping into. One of the great questions of the hour is, where are you plugging in? Where did you plug in this week? I know that in the last 24 hours, the average person that's listening to me, you plugged in one or two, maybe even three devices. You looked at it and you said, oh, snap, this is dying. And you plugged it in. But the question is, did you plug into the Holy Spirit? That's the real issue of the hour. We need the power of the Holy Spirit to live the life that we're called to live. Now, this brings me to today's question. Today's question is, are you empowered to witness? Are you empowered to witness? Why do I say, are you empowered to witness? It's because I want to read a couple of verses to you right now that speak to the very purpose of our existence in this day, in this very hour. There is an overarching purpose to everything that you and I are called to do as a child of God. We must never forget the overarching purpose. And you know what that purpose is? Is we are called to be witnesses. In the stress, in the strain, in the chaos, in the madness, in the hardship, in the difficulties, in the good times and in the bad times, God wants us to be a witness. And so I want to read these verses. And by the way, if you take the time to look up in the New Testament the, the term witness, you will notice that it's said in many, many different ways. I'm going to talk about a promise that Jesus kept speaking of and that he said in many, many different ways. But let's go, uh, uh, let's jump to Acts chapter 1, okay? And this is now after Jesus has risen from the dead, the Bible says, after his suffering, he presented himself to them and gave many convincing proofs that he was alive. Jesus rose from the dead and showed people. He appeared to them over a period of 40 days and spoke about the kingdom of God. On one occasion, while he was eating with them, Jesus rose from the dead and he, he was fully resurrected. He ate uh, 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 he ate food with them. He fellowshiped with them to show that he had fully risen from the dead in power. And then look at this. It says he gave them this command. He gave them this command. Are you ready for the overarching command of the New Testament church? Okay, watch this. Do not leave Jerusalem, but wait for the gift my father promised, which you have heard me speak about. John baptized you, baptized with water, but in a few days you will be baptized with the Holy Spirit. Then they gathered around him and asked him, Lord, are you at this time going to restore the kingdom to Israel? He said to them, it's not for you to know the times or dates the Father has set by his own authority. People are asking right now all the time, are these the end times? Is Jesus coming back? You know what the answer is? Yes and yes. Jesus is coming back. These are the last days. This is not the craziest, most harsh time in, in church history. There have been far crazier periods, but as far as I'm concerned, it's crazy enough for me. 
You see, but the key factor is, is we don't know, no one knows the day of the hour, but Jesus is establishing the priority for us. He's saying, just be ready, just be my witness. And look at what he says, okay? He says, instead of having those answers, here's what you need, but you will receive power. Everyone say power in your house. But you will receive power, Power when the Holy Spirit comes on you and you will be, everyone, my witnesses. One more time, my witnesses. Not your witness, not Chicago Tabernacle's witness, not your family's witness, my witness. We are called to be witnesses of Jesus Christ. That's what we're supposed to do. And God says, I want you to be my witness, but I want to give you the power Three years of teaching. They were with him for three years. That is beyond PhD level. But still he said, even though you have all of this information, you still need power. That's the way Jesus designed this. He designed life for us to be so intimately connected with him that he consistently meets our greatest need, which is to be filled with his grace and power. So it says, and you will be my witnesses in Jerusalem, in Judea, in Samaria, and to the ends of the earth. Everywhere, every place that God sends his people, we are called to be his witnesses. Somebody say amen to that. And so here's what I wanna do. I want to pray. Are you empowered to witness? Have you really been testifying to the goodness of Jesus? Are you taking advantage of these crazy days to let people know that Jesus Christ is the King of kings and the Lord of lords? I'm telling you, look, this life it will, it's going to flash by. We're going to, one day, we're going to be there, brothers and sisters. One day, we're going to be in the presence of Jesus. He's going to wipe away all of the tears. He's going he's to remove all of the pain. No sickness, uh, uh, no heartache, no trauma. None of those things will be there. None of the ugliness of this world is going to be there. It's all going to be lifted and removed. And what will count is if we spent our hearts, our energies, our love to glorify God and to witness to Jesus Christ, the King of Kings and the Lord of Lords. I wanna pray. Look, what I love about the Lord is that the minute you reach out to him, he is the only one who can erase our past. He can erase a jacked up week. He can erase years. And from this very moment, we can open our heart and say, Jesus, I want to be your witness. We need to bring Jesus glory right now. That is the mission. That's the mission that is above all the other missions. If your mission doesn't line up, if you if your personal mission doesn't line up to testify to the glory of God, you need a new mission. So let me pray right now. Father, in the name of Jesus, I thank you for all of my brothers and sisters 
around the globe. God, I thank you for um, people who come from all walks of life because your kingdom will have on that day every tribe, every tongue. We're all going to be there. And I thank you, Lord, that from children to businessmen to senior citizens, male, female, God, you are giving us and you are offering us the privilege and the promise of being your witnesses. God, I pray that for this flock. Lord, I feel the intensity, the responsibility, God, of bringing you glory. Lord, your people need to testify to your goodness and your greatness, to the Lordship. There is only one Savior, and his name is Jesus. So God, help us. Would you give us the power that we need? Right here, right now, give us the power, Lord, that we need so that we could be your witnesses. Bless this word. Help my feeble lips, Lord. God, uh, overcome all of the obstacles of distance. Step into every household, kitchens, living rooms, bedrooms, cars, offices, wherever people are taking this in. Lord, make this holy ground, make this a holy moment. Lord, this is the way you built your church. And so we pray, Lord, we pray for power. We want to receive power from on high so that we could be your witnesses. Bless this word. In the mighty name of Jesus. And everyone said, amen and amen. Blessed be the name of the Lord. Hallelujah. Brothers and sisters, we need the power of the Holy Spirit. We have to pray for the power of the Spirit. We have to seek the power of the Holy Spirit because it's by his power. It's not by might nor by power, but by my spirit, says the Lord. And, and before I really drill down on our purpose in terms of being witnesses, let me just say this about what the, spirit power, the Spirit's power does in our lives. So what the, spirit, the, the, spirit pow, uh, the Spirit's power enables us to do a number of things. First of all, the Spirit's power enables us to experience life by the word above our feelings. Okay? We get to experience life, this life, by the word of God, through the word of God, above our feelings. I need to bring back something that I said for so many years. You know that you're growing in God when you replace I feel what the Bible says. Don't trust your feelings. Trust the word of God. When you're processing things, ask for the power of the Holy Spirit to lead you to the truth, to guide you by the truth. There's nothing like living by the word. The word is greater. Greater is he that is in me than he that, that's in the world. So when we're full of the word by the power, uh, ignited by the power of the Holy Spirit, we can dominate, we can conquer our own feelings. Our feelings will betray us, but the word of God will never betray us. Hallelujah. We got to get full of the word. 
Second, the Spirit's power enables us to experience, listen to this, the joy of living out our fellowship with him. There's a joy when someone's really spent time with God and really has been filled with the Holy Spirit. There's a joy that comes from that fellowship that overshadows all of our earthly experiences. If you look in the book of Acts, very early on, the, they were actually imprisoned and they're locked up. They got beaten up. They're locked up in prison and they're singing songs in the night and rejoicing because they, they had the privilege of suffering for God. How does that happen? It's because there is a power available, brothers and sisters, that it gives you a joy because of your fellowship with God. You're experiencing God literally acts upon you by pouring out his spirit upon your life that it overshadows even your current hardships. It's just an amazing thing when someone has a powerful encounter with God. They're like, man, it's so good. You know, I've been reminded, I've, I've done so much reading. Do you know, one of my favorite quotes from the civil rights movement was by a little lady when they did the bus boycott. This is a classic example of this. So they, when they did the bus boycott and everybody was walking instead of taking a bus, they asked a, a, a little old lady how she was feeling. And you know what she said? She said, my feet is tired, but my soul is rested. And see, when you do the right thing for the right reason, in the right way, powered by the Holy Spirit, you're like, you're singing, you are good. See, there's something happens because we can fellowship with God through all the hardships, through all the difficulties. That's why we have a peace that surpasses all understanding. But it comes by the outpouring of God upon our lives. And then here's the, the third thing. The Spirit's power enables us to express wisdom, courage, and holiness under stress. Everybody say under stress. Yes, wisdom, courage, and holiness under stress. In other words, when you're really full of the Holy Spirit, there's a wisdom that people will not be able to resist. There's a courage that, that doesn't even make sense. This is what you see all throughout history. Christians did when they were full of the Holy Spirit. There's a holiness. There's a, I'm not giving into that worldly thing. I'm not giving into that uh, unholy thing. I don't need that unholy thing because I have a different power source. So the Spirit's power enables us to live the, the abundant life. That's what he has for us. And it's all by the power of the Holy Spirit. But remember, all of this has a purpose. And the purpose is, is that we're called to be witnesses. And that's what I want to do. The rest of this message is I want to focus. When was the last time you thought about your witness? Because that is the reason that was part of the Great Commission. You will receive power and you will be my witnesses here and everywhere else. So let's look at what does it mean? What is a witness? Well, witness in the Greek, the word is martis and it, it, it's where we get the word martyr. This is a very intense word, okay? It's martis, but it's where we get the word 
martyr, and it means to give testimony or to give an account, but we know it means to give testimony and an account even to the death. Okay? I know that in the American apple pie context, we don't think about being a martyr, but that's what witness means. Witness means that you say, I will testify to the glory of God. My witness, no one will move me from, from denying, uh, to, to, to deny my Jesus. No one will move me from giving glory and honor and praise to my Jesus. That's what witness means. And here it is. A witness is one who testifies, declares, and demonstrates. Testifies, declares, and demonstrates. So let's walk through this very quickly. So a witness is one who testifies, right? And when we testify, here's what it means. Uh, this is a very intense point. Please listen carefully because we rarely speak about this, but I think it's appropriate for us to speak about it now. So as witnesses, we provide testimony before God's throne room. You ever think about that? Did you ever think about the fact that one day your testimony is going to be subpoenaed for a court case? You know, there's a court case, right? And what they do is they subpoena witnesses to give testimony. Well, when we live for God, I was just talking to a doctor the other day, and the doctor was saying, you know, in the hospital where I work, uh, 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 when, when I... When I share Bible verses, when I witness, I get mocked all the time. I said, that's all right. It's all good. Don't worry. Because before the judgment seat of Christ, that testimony will be called forth. Your testimony, that moment will be subpoenaed. You see, we live in a day where people capture this video and people capture this video. Well, listen, brothers and sisters, there are two judgment seats. On the last day when Jesus comes back, there are two judgment seats. There's the great white throne of, of judgment and then there's the Bema seat judgment. The great white throne is where every knee, every person on the planet that didn't accept Jesus, they will stand before the throne of God to be judged. The Bema seat is for Christians. If you're a Christian, you will stand before God and you will give an account. You'll give an account for the way you lived, for the decisions that you made, for the posts that you made, for the things that you said, for, for the choices that you made. Think about how much energy we put into our... I, 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 I've learned that there is a lot of energy put into social media posts. There's a filter and there's this and there's that with the photos and the pictures. I hope you're putting that much energy into your witness. The witness is what really counts. And one day, one day, brothers and sisters, there will be a great judgment. And if you've been mocked, it's all good. Because your godliness will stand as a testimony of persuasion or judgment. I was thinking about this the other day. You know, when I was about 15, I never heard the gospel. I got saved supernaturally. But there was a guy, his name was Richie. We call him Richie P. He's got two sons right now that, that he was an amazing baseball player. He's got two sons that are going to, God willing, be in the big league soon. So Richie P, uh, uh, when I was 15, he was a Christian. I didn't know much about it, but I knew he was a Christian. I'll never forget the day Richie got up to bat, and there were men on second and third. And I said, hey, Richie, why don't you ask Jesus to give you a hit, to help you get a hit? And I said it out loud, 
and the guy threw Richie a high pitch, and Richie hit a ground ball through, and he got knocked into two runs. And I was like, oh, snap. And I, I remember feeling that moment. You know what? You just passed the line. Don't be mocking Jesus. I'll never forget that moment. It's like, you just, you know, there's jokes, but then there's jokes. And that was stupid. And I remember saying to myself, I'll never do that again. You know, now years later, I will come to know Christ. Now, there are certain people who will hear, who will mock, and the blood of Jesus, the heart of God is so wonderful, so powerful that he will say over and over and over again, Father, forgive them for they know not what they do. But if they choose to reject God, they will stand before his throne. Look at what the Bible says here in Matthew chapter 11. This is serious stuff, guys. It says, these are the words of Christ. He says, woe to you, Chorazin, and woe to you, Bethsaida. For if the miracles that were performed in you have been performed in Tyre and Sidon, they would have repented long ago in sackcloth and ashes. And right here, Jesus is saying to cities, he's saying, woe to you. And woe to you means shame on you. With a broken heart. Here's what that word woe means. It means with, with weeping. With brokenness, I will never forget the first time that I heard about the judgment seat. My pastor was preaching at the Brooklyn Tabernacle, and I heard Pastor Simla say, let me tell you something. If you get condemned to eternal damnation, just know Jesus will be brokenhearted. And he said, I loved you. I gave you every opportunity. We must testify. A truthful witness, the Bible says in Proverbs, saves lives. We need to forget about ourselves and we need to stand up for Jesus right here and right now. And for those who reject, don't worry. Listen, no one, no one gets over on God. No terrorist gets over on God. No criminal gets over on God. No deadbeat whatever will ever get over on God. Some people, they may get away with it in this life, but they, everyone will appear before the judgment seat of Christ. I need to tell you that we play a role because your testimony in some cases will be subpoenaed and stand as a witness. But here's the better option. A witness not only testifies before the throne room of grace, but a witness also declares the gospel. Okay, as witnesses, we declare the gospel. This is our greatest mission on the planet is to declare the gospel. Romans 1 says this. It says, Romans 1.16, For I am not ashamed of the gospel because it is the power of God that brings salvation to everyone who believes, first the Jew and then the Gentile. We are called to witness and to tell people about Jesus. Jesus is the answer. Only Jesus can save. Only Jesus can transform. Jesus, Jesus, Jesus. We have to point people to Jesus in the morning morning, on the job, at the restaurant. We got to tell people about Jesus. There's no other name by which men can be saved. Nobody can be saved without Jesus. Oh, blessed be the name of the Lord. We have to tell people about Jesus. We have to share Jesus. Paul said, I determined to know only Jesus Christ and him crucified. 
He is the answer. He's the answer to every tension in Chicago. Jesus is the answer to every problem in our nation. And every problem on the globe, we have the answer. Jesus is the answer. And one by one, we can change the city. We can change the world if we'll bring the gospel of Jesus Christ. There's power in the gospel. When you talk about Jesus, simple, it's a mystery to me, but it's so powerful. When you talk about Jesus... When you say, guess what? Jesus Christ can forgive your sins. Jesus Christ put himself in your place and in my place so that we could be declared not guilty, even though we are. And he is the one who's not guilty. The Bible says, he who knew no sin became sin so that we might become the righteousness of God. Aren't you thankful for the gospel? Aren't you thankful today that there's no sin that cannot be forgiven? What can wash away my sin? Nothing but the blood of Jesus. People need to hear about Jesus. I'm not ashamed of the gospel. But here's the truth. The truth is, the truth is, is that it takes power to do that. We need power to stand strong. We need power to tell people our flesh get so concerned about being mocked. Our flesh gets so concerned with being criticized. We're so worried about what people think about us. When we're the ones, since we know the precious good news, we're the ones who should be worried about everyone else's eternal destiny. When you start looking at life in light of the gospel, it changes the way you see people. Because we know that Jesus died for their sin. Why is it that you can love your enemy? It's because Jesus died for them. And Jesus can take our enemies and make them our brothers and our sisters. Somebody say amen. That's the call of God. We are called to declare the gospel. Help us, Lord. Do you know that if you're a Christian and you don't experience what it is to lead a person to Jesus, you have missed out on one of the greatest gifts, one of the greatest joys, one of the most amazing experiences that you could have on this side of heaven. God wants to use you not to impact just somebody's today and tomorrow, but to impact their eternity. And God wants to use you, your life, your mouth, your decisions, your actions. He wants to use you to impact someone in such a way that their whole family, that generations from this moment forward would all be transformed for the glory and power of God. The gospel is so beautiful and so wonderful and so powerful. You want to talk about having the best assignment? We have the best assignment to be witnesses for Jesus. If the musicians would come. Here we go to the last one. Hallelujah, Lord. Blessed be the name of the Lord. Listen, as witnesses, we testify as witnesses, we declare, and then in the moment, as witnesses, we demonstrate with our lives. As witnesses, we demonstrate with our lives. 
In other words, sometimes you witness with your mouth and then sometimes you witness with your life. But it takes power. It takes power for God to help you to live above the fray. Maybe you're a college student and even though you're not in school right now, you know, you live in this world where everyone is so careless of holiness and living right before God and everybody's doing all kinds of crazy things. And if you, you want to serve God and honor God, people will make fun of you. People say, what's wrong with you? People say, and, and you know what? Your life can demonstrate something so amazing that says there's a peace that surpasses all understanding. There's a joy that you don't even know about. And it all comes from living with Jesus and serving Jesus, knowing Jesus. Look, in Acts chapter 4, the Bible says, when they saw the courage of Peter and John and realized that they were unschooled. See, some people think schooling gives you power. Schooling is good, but schooling won't give you power. You see? Some people think positions give you power. Some people think, think uh, a certain kind of bank account gives you power. That's all earthly power. It's all going to burn up. Spirit power surpasses all of those things. It says, when they saw the courage of Peter and John and realized that they were unschooled, ordinary men, that's what I love about it. God uses just regular, ordinary people. It says, they were astonished. Come on, let's do something this week that will astonish somebody. Let's get so filled with the power of God that it will cause people to say, how do you do that? How do you live that way? Where do you get that joy, that peace, that strength? And look, it says they were astonished and they took note that these men had been with Jesus. Demonstration with our lives. When we stand before God, people, God is going to be handing out rewards to all sorts of people. All sorts. I think about little Little kind of grandmas right now who have prayed in so many people. They demonstrated it with their lives. You know, I, I heard this when I first got saved and it's so true. You know, pastors, preachers, they get too much credit and too much blame. You know, we have the privilege of standing in front of you. But there will be so many superstars on that day that nobody even knows their name except that they really lived it out. There's a power from God so that we can live this life out in good times, in bad times, in harsh circumstances, in great circumstances. There's a power. Can I tell you this past week, or just recently, in the last seven days or so, I spoke to someone in our church who has experienced just an unspeakable tragedy and loss. He lost his son. His son was brutally murdered here. 
And um, he literally, literally said this to me. This happened the, the same week as, as the, the city went crazy and the George Floyd murder. The same week that that happened, one of our boys got stabbed in the heart. And I spoke to the dad and he, he told me that when he heard the news, he wasn't in his house, he was actually at the hospital. He fell to his knees and he prayed and he said, God, you can give me the strength that I need to live on through this tragedy, God. You can do it, you can do it, you can do it. Just give me the strength that I need. And when I spoke to him, as we, I, was just, I was just crying on the phone talking to this brother. But he said, Pastor, I'm not bitter. I do want justice, but I'm not bitter. Pastor, I'm encouraging my kids. I'm, I'm moving on with God. I'm living for the glory of God. I'm staying close to God. See, the power of God is not just for miracles. Yes, he'll use you to perform a miracle. You can lay hands on someone or give a word of wisdom or a word of knowledge. But there is a power to endure and to give Jesus glory. This world, no, the, the world doesn't know anything about this. And he literally said to me, he said, Pastor, I have peace from beyond this world. That's what Jesus can do for us. We can testify, we can declare, and we can live. God wants to fill us with the Holy Spirit. I'll close with this. There's a, a verse that says, if you ask, if a child asks their father for a piece of bread, will the father give him a stone? If he asks him for fish, will he give him a snake? Well, how much more will your heavenly father give you the Holy Spirit if you ask him. Jesus told them, tarry, tarry. One of the things I miss about not being together is that right now I can't call you to the altar. But listen, you can make an altar right where you are. Make your house an altar. Make your car an altar. Make that park bench an altar. And you can lift your hands and say, Lord, I want to be your witness. Help me, Jesus. Help us. Give us what we need to be your witnesses. That's what I'm praying for you. The night is coming when no man can work. Jesus is coming back. We've got to be witnesses right here and right now. But we can't do it in our own strength. Look, you can't talk yourself. You can't beat yourself. You can't, you, there's nothing you can do to make yourself godly. We need God to make us godly. The singers could come. Hallelujah. Would you lift your hands with me right now? Come on. Invite the Holy Spirit into your house right now. 
We want the Spirit to come. We want the Spirit. Holy Spirit, come by your mighty power. For teenagers and for, for single people, oh God, and for marriages, Lord. Get us, Lord, full of the Spirit. Break the power of the flesh. Break the power of our feelings. Hallelujah, Jesus. Hallelujah. Holy Spirit, have your way. Work in me today. Holy Spirit, have your way. Let your power. Let your power come and change me. Let your power come and change us. 
God, we're just ordinary people, desperate for the power of God so that we could be witnesses. Lord, we don't want to give in to paradigms of fear. We don't want to give in to paradigms, oh God, to perspectives that say, Lord, that we are weak and feeble. No, Lord, we can be more than conquerors through Christ Jesus. But we need your power. Pour out a spirit of power in the suburbs. Pour out a spirit of power in the city, oh God. Make us your witnesses, oh God. Go, Lord, in the highways, in the byways, pour out your spirit, oh God. All throughout history, wherever you poured out your spirit, great change came about. Pour out your spirit in the government, oh God. God, pour it out in our educational system, oh God. Reach the key players and fill them with Jesus and the Holy Spirit, we pray, oh God. God, penetrate, oh God, strongholds, bastions of wickedness and evil with the gospel, oh God, and with the power of your spirit, oh God. Let your spirit be poured out, oh God, on the police force. Let the blue wall come down and let Jesus rise up, oh God. Pour out your spirit, oh God, on our teenagers, on our college students. God, I pray for marriages that are struggling right now. God, break the power of the flesh. Oh, God, help them to tap into the power of the Holy Spirit. I pray for the abundant life on every continent, across the waters, India, oh, God, Africa, Lord Jesus. Lord, from the many places that people are, are tuning in, Lord, would you go to them right here and right now as they open their heart to you. You said open your mouth and I will fill it. Pour out your spirit, Lord. And Lord, I pray that this would be a day of seeking you. We close the meeting, but let the meeting not be closed in every home and in every life. Help us to testify. Help us to declare. Help us to demonstrate. Not in our strength. Not with human ingenuity. But with spirit power. So Lord, we love you. We declare our hunger for you, O oh God. And we trust you, Lord. You said whoever and thirst. Whoever that, whoever expresses that and reaches to you, they will be filled. They will be satisfied. And I thank you for all of these things. Give us a supernatural week. Give us supernatural days. All by the power of the Holy Spirit. In the mighty name of Jesus. Amen. And amen. And amen. God bless you. God bless you. Have a wonderful day and a wonderful week in the Lord. We love you so much.